Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. You're listening to a Score North podcast right now. And if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. I don't know where all the blood came from, but it's spewing. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest growing TV brand. One, two, three. It's Mackie and Judd with Rami. With Rami. Wallop to left. Way back to left. Into the second deck. And the Twins take the lead. Deep to the right field corner. Chasing it is Starling. It's gone. He's done it again. A drive to left, and there goes another one on an 0-2 pitch into the third deck. Fly ball right field. It's deep to right. He has done it again. His second three-home run game in nine days. Okay, if, if Nelson Cruz didn't play another game the rest of the season... Is it fair to say that with his 30 home runs and his 1,031 OPS, if he just, like, he's played 83 games this year, if he just didn't play another game the rest of the year, this would still be one of the greatest offensive seasons in Twins history? Hold on a second. Let me dig my notebook out because I looked that up today, actually. You looked up the greatest? I looked up, no, I looked up the, so I looked up. How many newspapers do you have in your backpack, by the way? About 10. Hold on, hold that bag up for Jonathan. Mackie and Judd with Rami. Rami back tomorrow. He slayed it at the Milwaukee stand-up comedy fest. A bunch of papers in here. What else is in that bag? Scheduled for the week. Josh Arnold Reed. In fact, I'll pull that out right yeah, now. You're, you're going to want to keep that need one. that, although I think I have it memorized by now. I hope so. It wasn't a good day in the market. I'm getting... No, the market at a bad. I looked at the market. Holy cow. Um, Some headphones. Scorebook. Headphones. Vikings Media Guide. Oh, that's a oh, good there one. there you go. Well, Your no, new media guide. No, no spiral? They get rid of the spiral-bound ones? I didn't get one. I'm not special enough. Oh, they only oh, print a wow. limited number the beat of writers get them. Her. The oh. beat writers get them, but guess who's well, not did a... Ka- did Kyler get one? Sure he did. He okay. wouldn't tell me. He's, he's like a hybrid beat writer. Yeah, he's close enough. Yep. He's not going to offer it up for any amount of money? Uh, you know, my, you know, collar, my is guess trade is that can be had here. My guess is he turned it down because I bet you he is one of the new age reporters that looks at the entire guide online. Yeah. They give you the little, uh, yeah, they give you the online media guides right. being phased out. Very, very sad. Yeah, to Keep okay. those trees alive. I like those. Anyway, so Nelson Not Cruz. The trees. So Nelson Cruz. So I looked this up today. Nelson Cruz. Okay. 39. When, when weighed against two of the basically DH sluggers previously signed by the twins. Mm-hmm. 1991. Now, I had forgotten this. Chili Davis at that time, only 31. I thought, man, he's old at the time. He wasn't. 31. That's amazing. I would have guessed he was much older in 19. Me too. Hit 277 in 
in his first year, which was 91 with the Twins, 385, 507 slugging, 29 home runs, 93 runs driven in in 153 games. 2010, at the age of 39, your guy, my guy, my guy especially, yeah. Jim Tomey, great guy. 283, 412, 627 slugging, 25 home runs, 59 runs Jeez. driven in, 108 games. Nelson Cruz right now, 292, 385, 646, 30 home runs, 72 RBIs in 83 games. Absurd. Yes, it's incredible. Yes. And so here is my thought, just watching this over the weekend, and he he had two, three home run games in the span of a week and a half, for God's sakes. Mm -hmm. And you can count on one hand how many three home run, how many three home run, how many different hitters have hit three home runs in the game for the Twins in their team history? I mean, Morneau did it. Kepler, yeah. Until until Morneau did it, like I think four guys had done it, and now it's been Kepler a couple times in Cleveland, right? Yeah. Morneau did it against the White Sox in one of two games of a doubleheader in Chicago, but yeah, I mean it's not frequent at all. But do you ever notice, just to back up a step, um, it, maybe this is just a Minnesota thing, but it's you notice how we always brag about discounts, where someone will say like, "Oh, that's a really nice, uh, nice little pair of shoes there." And your and your first instinct as a Minnesotan, a tried and true Minnesotan, is to say, oh, "Thank you, I got them on sale." <laughs> got them at Nordstrom's. Yeah, they were. Uh, I suppose fifty percent off. Yeah. yeah, I suppose that's or fair. like You're proud of it. For me, the last like three pairs of shoes I bought, it's like, oh, yep, got them on sale. Uh, saw an Instagram ad for twenty percent off the Allbirds. It's great. Yep. So like with like our first instinct is to brag about discounts. Oh, you'll never believe. Yeah, bought this thing for mm, blank percent off or whatever it is. But when it comes to baseball players, for instance, it's the opposite. When the Twins landed Nelson Cruz, do you guys remember the reaction from a lot of different Twins fans? Yeah, he's old. And skeptical Twins fans? Yeah, he's yeah I was like, oh, yeah. this is just another cheap poll ad move. Cheap poll ads. In fact, I just happened to pull up a tweet <laughs> from a prominent media organization in the Twin Cities from December 27th. I believe that's the day that they signed Nelson Cruz, mm-hmm. to a uh, one-year, $14 million deal with a cheap Polad $12 million club option. you got to make sure you get that cheaper second year, right? That's the incredible thing. He's going to take a he's gonna take a pay cut. He is. He's going to make less money next year, and it's a team option. Yes. And and the reactions are, I'm just going to read the, 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 the instant reaction to the twin signing Nelson Cruz on the 27th of December. 105 losses. Nice. Now some relievers would be good. Nice, a 38-year-old who can't pitch or play anywhere in the field. What a great signing. Agreed. I'm not paying a 38-year-old DH $14 million. Let me see this. Another wash-up. Yeah, I hate. Uh, get some pitching. Nice signing. We won't have any guaranteed contracts. That's actually a compliment. That one is. Oh, we found a compliment. Hold on. I want to see who did this. Oh, yeah, not surprised. Yeah. <laughs> not surprised. <laughs> yep. Consider the like, source. Why is it so when when that signing when by the way when that signing was made he was coming off seasons in which he hit 37 39 43 44 and 40 home runs but because it wasn't a 10 year 300 million dollar contract for Bryce Harper we somehow find the need to rip it like if it's not a a 100 million dollar contract if you're not bringing in U Darvish and this is the funny thing like a U Darvish contract would have been applauded standing ovation around the Twin Cities. Yeah, it would have been a disaster. And it would have been a disaster, yes. And Nelson Cruz is one of the great signings in franchise history. And those cheap pull-ads 
pulling another 38-year-old off of the bar. I think the reason, come on. I think part of the reason for the frustration and the outcry about the Cruz signing also stems back from the fact that so many of the 2017 into 18 signings hadn't worked. And so there was the skepticism because we were all excited when Lance Lynn signed. You recall that Lance Lynn? This is a great deal. Funny, they, they, they were they they were right about him, sort of, because he's been well, awesome. He's been for the great Rangers, in Texas. But, yeah, he's fatter now and happier, or something. I don't know, <laughs> but uh, yeah, this guy's year has been off the charts. It's incredible. He is. If if you were to go through today and vote for team MVP right this second, he's probably it. Right, Garver would be in the running. Boy, Kepler's got to be Kepler. In that mix. Polanco probably, in fairness, should be still. But it's a handful of guys at the most, and Cruz is definitely up there right now. Yeah, he's also just the type of dude you're looking for postseason cred. You're looking for you're looking for all these cliche things: postseason cred and veteran cred, and just a scary presence in the middle of the order. And those are very cliche things, but they're also very real. When you start to stack this lineup against Yankees, or all right, if they get into a boxing match against the Astros in the postseason, I would put Nelson Cruz number one on the list of reasons why this lineup is more feared than any lineup in baseball. Because not only do you have all these up-and-coming young players, the Eddie Rosarios and the Max Keplers and the Jorge Polancos and Luis Arise, who had a bunch of hits over the weekend, you've got this proven guy who's averaging 40 home runs a year, and he's played in the World Series, and he's won MVP votes before, and he's been in six All-Star games. He's just instant credibility to your lineup, and not just on paper. He totally gets it. Yeah. That's a... I'd say if Falvey and Levine learned one thing in 2018, it's that the guys that they went out and acquired or signed, it was the year of the poser. I'm a I'm a real good player, and I know it. And I sort of got screwed, right? Nelson Cruz is not a poser. Nelson Cruz, I'll, I'll pay him the ultimate compliment from our end. Nelson Cruz, in my opinion, is not a very good quote, and it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. So the whole thing He's very about... stoic. Right, but, you know, like Tory. Tory was an unbelievable quote, and everybody loved... Tory and and this is where the ability to be a stable veteran comes in all shapes and sizes. Nelson Cruz walks by you and he's an affable guy. Always says hello, but he doesn't really have a lot of time for, for all of the the off the field BS, which by the way is absolutely fine. But if you play with Nelson Cruz, you basically get a tutorial in how to be a professional. He's here to chew bubblegum and hit bombas and he's all out of bubblegum. <laughs> yes, he is. Hold on, let me try that again. He's here to chew bubblegum and hit bubblegum. back to left. <laughs> Into the second deck. And the Twins take the lead. Yeah. So I guess, I, I don't know. I, I know that there's the Twins definitely, and I don't mean to say that every time the Twins make a one or a two-year signing that it's a genius move by any means. Because they have in the past other front offices. They've brought in yeah. Mike Lamb and lauded it and as. And these guys, these guys too. Last year they failed. Sure. This but, year they've done some nice things. But this guy, first guess, you look at this guy's numbers, and, you, and, and, and he was coming off back-to-back All-Star seasons in Seattle yeah. and averaging 38 home runs a year. But he you know led the, the league in RBIs two years but ago. But you know, Phil Mackey, what the best thing about, about this current regime is? Here's the best thing. Nelly Cruz's year is going to get done, and it's going to be really impressive. Statistically, it's going to be, for the age of 39, it's going to be off the charts. You know what they're going to say? Nelson, sit down. And he's going to say, yeah, what, guys? And they're going to say, we're exercising your option. And you're coming back next year. What they're not going to say is, we're tearing up your contract and giving you four more years because God bless you, you helped us. Yes, He's not getting the Phil Phil Hughes treatment. I feel like we should should celebrate sports discounts. 
It's okay. Like, it's a shouldn't we? Discount. Shouldn't we celebrate sports discounts? I got when, this Nelson Cruz at the market. You should see it. It's unbelievable. Hey, like when the when the when the Seahawks were going to the Super Bowl and winning championships, they should have held they should have held celebrations for. And we're only paying Russell Wilson five hundred thousand dollars. It's amazing. This guy should be making ten times that kind of money. We should be celebrating sports the discounts. Nelson Cruz type signings. Is is Cruz like the equivalent of the old Kmart Blue Light Special? <laughs> He's like in the Blue Light Special. It's flashing. You're like, I'll take one of those Nelson Cruz. Kmart's are there still Kmart's? I don't think there are. Not at least in there the Twin is. Cities. There's just not a whole lot of them. Where are they now? Are, are there any left in? I don't Minneapolis, think there's any in Minnesota. I was going to say I grew up right by one, but it's been gone for and years. I'm going to talk. Was never a, growing up was always a, a Target kid. So Kmart's the, yeah, was the blue light special. Target. Like if there was a blue light yes. flashing, there was a special. There in would that be aisle. a blue light flashing, and you you could go get the special, which in this case is the Nelson Cruz. Yeah, Jonathan Scope was another blue light special. I know he's been kind of struggling lately, but Jonathan Scope's going to well, wind Scope's, up twenty five or thirty home Scope's runs. Scope's what you expect, right? Nelson Cruz is Nelson Cruz is, is what you expect. Nelson Cruz this is doing been, it's it's a little over. I was going to say it's not more much than I, though. Nelson Cruz as Nelson Cruz for the last five years. How many home runs did you project him at? Well, but let's also take into account that the league is up way True. up in home good, runs. Good point. But if if the measurement was Nelson Cruz has been one of the best power hitters in the entire league for the last five years, and the Twins this season have one of the best power hitters in the league, Nelson Cruz, I would say he's been exactly what he should have been. He's he's definitely fighting the age curve more than most guys do. But with I think with elite pitchers and top end power hitters, top end power hitters that don't strike out all the time, those guys can perform into their late thirties more often. Jim Tomey, like Jim Tomey struck out, but Jim Tomey also like Jim Tomey would hit for a high batting average once in a while. Yeah. So he's he has it's it's amazing to say as much life as Jim Tomey injected into the fan base and into the organization, Nelson Cruz has injected more. And it's crazy to say that, but it's true. From a power perspective, with the bat, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Now, Tommy was the old charismatic. Everybody absolutely loved him. I think people like Cruz, but Tommy was your over the top media good guy, which causes us then to be like, "Oh, you're you're the greatest thing since sliced bread." Sure. But that's what I like about this guy. This guy, if you watch him go about his business, it's a tutorial. He's a mercenary. Yeah, but it's great. Yeah. I love that in sports. I love those guys. Actually, we might have to do a little impromptu packing order. The great Minnesota sports mercenaries. And where does where does Nelson Cruz rank? Well, I know he's at the top of that list. Yeah, let's <laughs> let's think on that. We also that so that was the good news over the weekend. There's also some not so good news with the Twins that we're going to get to. We'll get an update from Vikings training camp later on this hour with Matthew Collar cram session. It's Mackie and Jeb with Ron. Join Phil Mackey, Derek Wetmore, Rami Maklov, Judd Zolgate, and former Minnesota twin Glenn Perkins for a special recording of the Score North Twin Show, Glenn Perkins on Baseball, tomorrow night beginning at 5 p.m. from Modest Brewing Company over in Minneapolis. All attendees will receive one complimentary beer courtesy of Modest Brewing Company with prize giveaways throughout the night. The event is free, but you must register to attend. Register right now at scorenorth.com slash Glenn. Thank you, Jonathan. Yeah, actually, uh, Ross Brendel and I, Promotions Ross, were just over at Modest today making sure that like the microphones worked and stuff like that. So it's important. Yeah, we don't want to get there and have have our mics not work, but it's going to be super fun. I will say they're doing so much construction down there. Now, Modest fills up regardless of construction before every Twins game and and some of the other places down there. So uh, people do find their way. But just if you're going to go to this event, make sure you do two things. The tickets are free, but you got to have a ticket. So go to scorenorth.com slash Glenn to get your tickets and make sure you just give yourself a little extra time because 
you might have to park at a meter a couple blocks away or find a ramp somewhere and uh, and walk a couple blocks over. But it's weird because they've got all the roads are ripped up yep. and they've got cranes operating and different machinery, but you can just like walk around. So you're just at your own risk, I guess, walking That's around a, downtown Minneapolis right now. Okay. Sounds outstanding. <laughs> so, be careful. That's what I'm saying. I love it this time of year, but man, do I get tired of construction quick. It feels like it's... 94, by the way, worse this year. Never there. be done. No. 94, 95W every will, year. Like I, They rip up 35W every year, I feel like. Oh, they it's do, absurd. basically. But I'm going to be about 75 before 94 is done. Okay, we have some amazing suggestions coming in here for this. Where does Nelson Cruz rank on the all-time Minnesota sports mercenary list? And you and I just started putting together a list, and this is kind of in no particular order, but I do think Brett Favre and Jack Morris fight it out for number one. Jack Morris probably has to be number one because the guy won a World Series and pitched the greatest game in franchise history. So is he number one? Yeah, probably. And then Brett Favre comes in. And and, and Jack also walked immediately. Favre didn't yeah. walk. Yeah, we could almost like Favre put parameters on that. He tried to. What? He tried After to After 2009? Yeah. To retire. But Jack actually said, you're yeah. not going to pay me. I'll go to Toronto and get right. more. And there was a mercenary in Toronto. And it was pretty bad in the regular season. But uh, did he do anything? in the? Like, he pitched in the postseason for them. And they yeah. won a World Series or yes. two. Yeah, he became a double mercenary. Yeah. Um. We also put Jim Tomey on the list, even though he doesn't see his personality, doesn't feel mercenary-like, but he definitely came in and hit a bunch of home runs and then left like halfway through the next year. Mm -hmm. Jimmy Butler, I would put on this list. That's a good one. Even though it ended in a... But but if you're going to say Jimmy Butler shouldn't be on the list because, oh, it ended in a car crash, then don't you have to say that, well, Brett Favre shouldn't be on the list either because that also ended in a car crash. I think Jimmy Butler fits mercenary just fine. Yeah, I have no problem with, with that one. That works for me. Came in, and I guess when I think mercenary, I think you were brought in to be a sports assassin in a short period of time, no strings attached, don't need you around for 10 years, just like come in and do your thing and then get out. Warren Moon? Or was he here too long? How long was he here? Three seasons. Three years, four years? Okay. But he was like 38. Okay. Three years is a long time. Definition of mercenary. Of a person or their behavior primarily concerned with making money at the expense of ethics. And I would say that, and I would well, say Jimmy Butler for yeah, sure. And I would say that Jimmy Butler is now the poster child for exactly what I just read you. Brett Favre was a mercenary in in New York then. Right? Yes. Oh yeah. Yes. But he he was one. He if you if you uh tweak this to be sports mercenary, Brett Favre was definitely one. Yeah. He yeah, was here. Like, to, like, the ethics thing, I think we can take out of that yeah. definition. He was here. Brett Favre was, was here to make a million dollars per game and show the Green Bay Packers that they screwed up and play in a system where he could play the Packers twice a year that he knew very well. Yeah. So he definitely fits as well. Okay. How much does age come into this? I think it's important. Yeah, because like the older you are, the more likely you are to be a mercenary. If you're yeah. brought in as a young player, it's expected that you're well, you're you're, you're going to be sign here a for a while. Contract. Yes. Although you could say that, so Kawhi Leonard was young, and oh, okay. Kawhi Leonard was a mercenary in Toronto because of his contract. Is he the ultimate mercenary in all of sports right now? Because yes. of his age and what he ended up accomplishing for that team? Has to be. Probably. And he knows exactly I can't think of any better doing. option. Yep. The, and the one-year nature of the contract, too. It was literally one year, all the chips are on the table, but and both, the goal is championship. But both sides really didn't care, right? Yeah. Like, Toronto would, would have liked to have kept him. 
But they're not going to be like, well, we wish we hadn't gone through that. Yeah, they got yeah. their title. What are they? Toronto's going to be. We we just won a bleeping Larry O'Brien Trophy. Uh, they're lobs. The, I'm sorry, lob. The lob. Get it right. They won a lob. <laughs> the lob. They won the big lob. <laughs> so you've got who? Favre, Morris, Butler, Nelson Cruz, obviously Nelson is the Cruz, catalyst yeah. here. Jim Tomey. Yep. War Moon. Randall Cunningham. Oh, for sure. Cunningham came back. Yeah. But could you say he? I would fight that a little because he was brought in as a backup reclamation project behind Brad Johnson and then stepped up to become this MVP level quarterback for one year. But he ended he up. He wasn't brought in. He was brought in to kind of just, I just want you to just come be a part of this. But he, he ended up, even if it wasn't his idea from the start, being one, right? It came off that way. Johnson gets hurt. Cunningham steps in. And for one year and one year only, yeah. he's phenomenal. That's okay. That's fair. I I think I, I wouldn't put him as high as like no. a Jimmy Butler or a Jack Morris. I think Favre, I think Morris, Favre, and Butler are the definition of what we're talking about. Yeah, because because Brett Favre was like Brett Favre and Jack. Well, Jack Morris, I would say Brett Favre for sure was final piece to the puzzle, which is hey, this thing's ready to rock. I know this is weird because you played for the Packers for fifteen years. Just needed to come in here, business relationship. Just get, get us as far as you can, right? Yes. Randall Cunningham was more, hey, like we're kind of feeling this thing out. Just drafted Randy Moss. Already have a starting quarterback. You want to come and he wanted to come back your career? Yep. Kind of a deal. Yep. I think that's fair. Um, Category know, two for Randall Cunningham. Jimmy Butler. You could say, hey, young pieces are in place. Coaches in place. This thing's ready to go back to the playoffs. We just need you to come in here as a mercenary. Other people are saying Sam Cassell. Yeah, I was going to say and Sam Cassell. And Latrell Sprewell. Yeah, both those guys. <laughs> yes. Hey, got the superstar, got good. the coach, got a couple other peripheral players. Just need someone with some big grapefruits yep. to come in here. Yeah, Sam Cassell, foot jump shots. Sam Cassell would definitely fit. So would Spree. Just need someone who's, who's a little bit odd-looking to trash-talk opponents. The Wild tried. It just got screwed up. Yeah, you're not a mercenary if the team then signs you to a no, lifetime contract. But they tried to get what what's his face? Who who's the, the guy the uh the guy that they traded Panic? for from no well him too, but from uh, the Coyotes a couple years back, the center. It's not Havlet. I want to say Havlet. Who and he was just he was supposed to come here at the trade deadline and be a mercenary and he yeah. stunk. He's just terrible. Has there ever been a mercenary oh, coach? I'll find it. Well, you know um, what? Or is that just kind of a position you can't really mercenary? Dick Vermeil. Well, not really, because the in the, this Ram, town, the Rams were not very well, good. Just in they? general, I was going to say in in this town because of the way it trended, it's sort of the story of Tibbs. He wasn't supposed to be a mercenary, no, though. Yeah. He but was Butler wasn't be. either. He just fits the definition now. Butler was more of a mercenary than Tibbs because Tibbs signed a five year contract, and Butler was only under contract for two years. Yeah. But I hear you on that one. But hold on, I'm trying to think of who else in, in this town. Oh man, there's people. <laughs> People are tweeting in at Phil Mackey, at Jay Zolgat, at Score North. Martin Hansel. Phil, oh, Martin, Martin Hansel. Hansel. He was That's supposed right. to be a mercenary, but instead he sucked. God. Pardon my French. Um, this guy says Phil Nevin is number one all time, no question. Phil Nevin came in in 2006, took like 20 at bats, oh. and celebrated like a champ after they won that division. How about Boone for his what? Brett Boone? Two months here or a month here? <laughs> Uh, here's another question off this Nelson Cruz discussion we're having from BB Boyer on Twitter. Where does Nelson Cruz rank? Forget about like Minnesota sports mercenaries and great twins free agent signings. 
Where does Nelson Cruz rank in greatest free agent signing value in the history of Major League Baseball? So he's making fourteen million dollars a year. There's a, like the, the big time players now are making thirty plus million dollars a year. Yeah, right. I get that he's a DH and he doesn't he doesn't give you positional value, and he's also older, so you're just not going to get as much. He's not he wasn't going to command much more than twelve or fourteen million dollars. But I'd have to go through a full list here. But I think it's really interesting when you start to think about the great free agent signings. There's a lot of guys you could point to. Well, Mike Trout won an MVP when he made five hundred thousand dollars. Well, that's probably the greatest right season value of all time. Yep. But in terms of a free agent that you sign, now let the season play out. If they win a World Series and he winds up with forty five home runs and a bunch of home runs in the postseason, I mean, there, can you can you name a better spot to put fourteen million dollars in no, a mercenary contract? Probably not. No, Crazy. I'm I'm trying to think. So, guys who were free agents this past winter and have proven to be bargains, Cruz is up there. Lemay, who has to be up there, right? Oh, of yeah. the Yankees, he's had a great year. But I mean, you know, you look at the Machado contract, the Harper contract, and the value of what the Twins are getting for essentially one, if not two, years of Nelson Cruz. It's one of the best decisions probably to be made. Yeah. Nick G chimes in and says Larry Brown as a yes. mercenary coach. Oh, yeah, he's That good totally one. works. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's because I don't think he stayed anywhere beyond like four. He, that guy coached a hundred different teams and, and left after four years well, or less. And he he was great, too, because he, he went like college basketball, ABA, yeah. college basketball, NBA. How about Brian chiming in with what about Hector Santiago on the Mackey and Judge show as a mercenary? And he got his money, too. <laughs> Hector Santiago got his money. Yeah, we paid that all up front. <laughs> yeah, that might have not been the greatest. Man. We know you know what was funny? When things were going well, man, Hector was good. He was. Hector was fantastic <laughs> when things were going well. And then when things went south, he still made his money. Not so good because he didn't call in. Man. Um Keep sending suggestions here. These are like Minnesota like sports Vikings, mercenaries. Right? There's got to be more Vikings. Well, some people are saying that lends the, itself to this. The result wasn't good, but Randy Moss in 2010 was supposed to be a mercenary. True, but turned out to be. I agree just with a that. Complete disaster. But it's got to sort of work. Like Butler sort of worked. You made the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Favre for sure in 2009 worked. Jack Morris worked to perfection. Like the thing thing with Jack was. Jack was coming home, right? Jack was going to play here. And it, everyone did the story, you know, St. Paul kid coming home. And he spent a year here and left. And you know what? Who cares? He won a World Series. Yeah. I don't care if he was from St. Paul, Minnesota, or Florida. He did exactly what you wanted. How does it make you feel that, in terms of, like, off the top of the show, we never brag about sports discounts? But we always rip teams for not pulling the trigger. We rip the Twins for not pulling the trigger on the big deal because they're cheap, right? Yep. Craig Kimbrell was just placed on the injured list with knee problems for the Chicago Cubs. And I believe his, according to, uh, I haven't checked his ERA here, but I'll, I, I believe he has an ERA over six so far. He gave up a bunch of runs in his first couple outings. Yeah, he was really bad early on, first couple times. But if they had, if the Twins had pumped in 20 plus million dollars, now if, now if Craig Kimbrell sits out into the postseason, the Cubs make it and then he's effective in October, then this doesn't matter. Yep. But, like, you know, that's the risk. If you sit out that long and you're over the age of 30, knee problems, elbow problems, those things pop up. Sam, yeah, he has a, a 560 ERA. Sam Dyson problems? Yeah, where did, like... I got to find out more about this. I still, I'm really confused. 
did they, so can you not, you, I'm assuming you reviewed medicals, and I, Derek was telling me, Wetmore was telling me that they do get mid-season medicals, okay. so it's like all that stuff was out in the open. I don't know. Did he, did he get, is, is it um, biceps tendonitis? I believe that's correct. Like taking a selfie with Snuckles or something I, on Instagram? It's weird. The whole thing's very odd. Friday night was terrible again, and then it's like, bang, he's gone. And tendonitis is more of a, like a chronic, I mean, chronic might not be the right word, but it's it, it's not strained biceps, right? Like mm-hmm. if he strained his arm pitching, tendonitis, when you've just had the guy for five days, would suggest that he's had tendonitis for that's a while, I'm, right? That's, yeah, exactly. It's very, very weird. 651-646-8255. We'll catch up with Collar at Vikings training camp here. Mike in St. Paul, Minnesota Sports yep. Mercenaries. Jeff George in 1999 when Randall Cunningham's arm kind of petered Love out. Love it. That's good. Jeff George, ultimate sports mercenary. That's a great one. Because the, Jeff Jeff George throwing motion was the antithesis of, of Randall Cunningham. They always blame the kick uh, in, in the loss to Atlanta. But just before the half, when Randall Cunningham, how he would wind up and throw, and the Atlanta guy came around, slapped the ball out of his hand, and he scored a touchdown. That's what I always thought lost the 1998 game. Yeah, and you know what? Mike, Jeff George was volunteering to be a mercenary as recently as like six years ago. He, he kept calling Childress up. <laughs> I remember that. He he used to go to the Pioneer Press, basically, and say, I want to come back. And they, they would write the story, and then Brad would be like, well, I don't care, though. Perfect, perfect coach one from Sky Una, Lou Holtz. Okay, eighty five, eighty six, I believe, and then bang, he's gone. To that, your, that, to your school, by the way. That speaks to the nature of the Gopher football program at the time when a mercenary gets you to the Independence Bowl at six and six. Or Do you know how excited we were? Or was it the Holiday Bowl? No, it was the Independence Bowl. Bowl. Yep, they, they went to they went to the one they went to the Independence Bowl. I think that was Lou's first year, and then the second year when he left, I think they went to the Liberty Bowl. Is that right? Okay. And Goody coached him in that game. But that's a perfect one. If say the Kirk Cousins thing works out, they get to the Super Bowl, they win it. After year three, the Vikings decide now nah, we're not going to pay you, and he moves on. Is he a mercenary? Yes, hundred percent. Is he the best one in Minnesota sports history because he won the Super Bowl? Yeah, the Twins he already had one when Jack Morris. Yes, if they win a Super Bowl in in a three year guaranteed contract window, when they the Vikings when they signed Kirk Cousins had everything else in place in their mind. Def- best defense in the NFL. He's coming in to be the final. Essentially, Kirk Cousins was signed to be the final piece to the puzzle. He was signed as a mercenary. Yes. Yeah. Are you smoking dope though? I mean, Kirk Cousins. And a Super Bowl now? Well, I mean, I'm just hypothetical here. Should drug test you. <laughs> well, let's let's test Jonathan's theory here with Matthew Collar. We'll check in at Vikings training <laughs> I know what camp. He's gonna say there was a night practice over the weekend, and uh, and the and there's there's a lot more chatter too about the Vikings going old school on offense that we can dive into. I know we promised some bad Twins news. We'll get to the Buxton stuff. Later on in the show, Mackie and Judd with Rami. Rami back tomorrow on the all-new Score North and the Score North mobile app. The National Clearance Event is going on right now at Luther Brookdale Toyota, 694 and Brooklyn Boulevard. These are some of the best prices you're going to find on brand-new Toyotas. 2019 Highlanders, 0% financing for 60 months or a $2,500 rebate. A 2019 Tundra, 0% financing for 60 months or a $3,000 rebate. 
Or my favorite right now, because I'm obviously biased and enjoying every single day driving in my 2019 RAV4 XLE. You can get into a RAV4 right now for $219 a month, just $26.99 down at signing. Uh, and I, Corolla, I drove a Corolla for like five years before the RAV4, so uh, still have a special place inside my heart for Corollas. You can get into a Corolla for $189 a month, just $2,000 down. It's the National Clearance Event on the corner of 694 and Brooklyn Boulevard. Jonathan here with the Score North download. While the Twins sit three games up in the AL Central as the playoff race heats up there, another playoff race in town is the MLS playoff race. Minnesota currently sit in second in the Western Conference, just ahead of San Jose and Seattle on goal differential, nine goal differential there. They've scored 39, only given up 30. One of the best defenses in the league this year. Minnesota has that. And they've got goal scoring and a perfect stadium out there to go watch a great game every Saturday night or just about every Saturday night. You plug this, that you, place. You shill. You plug I that will place. Plug it. I will plug it because <laughs> you can you. join me and Dan Terhar this Saturday for Score North's coverage of Minnesota United and FC Dallas pregame at 630 with kickoff at 7 right here on Score North on AM 1500, scorenorth.com and the free Score North mobile app. That's been your Score North download. Now back to Mackie and Judd with Rami. Thank you from the TCL Broadcast Studios. Don't forget, coming up at 5 o'clock, it is Cram Session, where Jonathan is sure to uh, give Phil or I um, some type of ruling that's not going to be fair, but we'll have to put up with it. But joining us now, (laughs) our buddy, Mr. Football, Matthew Collar. All right, Collar, let's start with this. Observations from Saturday night's vaunted scrimmage in Egan. Did I see that Dan Bailey... Did not uh, did not disappoint Zim and actually had a good night kicking the football. Yes, but unfortunately he followed it up with a couple of misses today. So, oh. you, know, maybe, you know what? Maybe he was resting <laughs> on his laurels, guys. We always hear about that, right? Um, no, I'm actually under the lights and on the turf. Uh, Dan Bailey was really good. He hit one from over 50 yards. He was eight for nine. Then today he was only three for five, and he Cody Parkied one off of the uh, left post. So uh, a little bit of trouble there. But, you know, I think that there is a pretty good feeling about Dan Bailey overall. I saw him having kind of an in-depth conversation with Marwin Maloof, uh, the special teams coach, after practice today. But um, he seems to be healthy and and 100%. And I asked him the other night, just like, hey, man, are you, like, more comfortable now? I mean, he had never been that mercenary kicker before. You know, some guys like our our old buddy Kai Forbath have played for a bunch of teams and they're used to kind of coming in where – Bailey was the established kicker for a long time with the Dallas Cowboys. That was probably a bit of a unique experience for him last year uh, after he lost the Cowboys job and got cut out of camp to have to go somewhere else. So I I think that they feel like, you know, he should have this solved. And and the fact that he's taking all the reps because he doesn't have to battle with anyone in this camp probably helps him a little, but he's a Minnesota Vikings kicker. What do you guys want me to tell you? Like there's always going to be a lot of pressure on him. And it's always hard to predict. Yep. Matthew Collar, you can find him, by the way, every single day from training camp and every single day after training camp, 2 to 4 o'clock. It's Purple Daily, also available anywhere you find your favorite podcast. So one of the main storylines going into training camp was who will the number three wide receiver be? Who will step up and grab that official spot? And then, of course, like Mike Zimmer was so mad in the first couple practices. He had, like, he had wide receivers doing holding drills and things like that. Where are we at after that night practice over the weekend with the number three wide receivers? What have you seen? 
Okay, so the number three wide receiver is Chad Beebe. I think I'm all set with that. Uh, he's been tremendous in camp. He's received praise from the other wide receivers. Um, he's received praise from Mike Zimmer, and he takes first-team reps on a regular basis. As long as he's healthy and plays halfway decent in the preseason, he is your number three wide receiver. Now, anything behind that is where it gets really interesting because I was talking with a bunch of people today just to, uh, out here about you know, what is Laquan Treadwell's chances of actually making this team? Because right now, he's probably on it. I mean, when, when you look around, even though he's not taking first-team reps, nobody else has consistently risen to the challenge to the point where you would say, okay, this guy is definitely on the roster, and I'm all set with that. I mean, on Saturday night, we saw uh, Jeff Bidette, who's the speed burner from Oklahoma, who was on the practice squad last year. He put together a really good performance. Mike Zimmer shouted out B.C. Johnson, and then B.C. Johnson dropped three passes today. And uh, Zimmer mentioned Dylan Mitchell and how physically gifted he is, but he doesn't have good details on his route running. And, and that's the story of everyone behind those ter- first three receivers is there's something good you could say about each one of them, but nobody has done it consistently enough where you would say they've definitely got the job. So what I think it's going to come down to is basically – who steps up in the preseason games? Does Laquan Treadwell have good enough preseason games to make this roster? Because he has shown a willingness and ability to play special teams. That matters. Uh, Brandon Zilstra made the team last year. He's going to get another chance here. Uh, I would say still anything past one, two, and three is wide open. This is not a bad thing, but how, uh, how in your mind, controversy-free and, and almost really storyline-free has this camp been? Because there just doesn't seem to be a, a lot of there there. And if you're the Vikings and Zimmer, you're probably thrilled, Collar. But it just seems like it's been very, it's been, if nothing else, sort of slow, which we don't like, but I'm sure the team absolutely loves. Well, I, I think that the main storyline out of camp so far is just that the offense has done pretty well and has looked a lot more confident under Gary Kubiak and Kevin Stefanski, and you don't see daily struggles, daily frustrations. I mean, there was uh, practice last week or one of these days, maybe three or four days ago, where Kirk Cousins got upset um, that he got sacked, and there was also an offside call that I think he thought was on the defense, and, and he kind of went off to the side and was mad. But other than that, I mean, we haven't seen the offense being yelled at. We haven't seen people confused. We've seen them complete a lot of passes. And, and last year it looked like it was struggling to come along. So the general vibe of the offense being better is not a controversial or really super intriguing storyline, but it's the exact one if you're a Vikings fan and if you're Mike Zimmer that you wanted to come out of this training camp is that everything you put into the offseason to bring Kubiak here to draft the first four players being on offense to try and fix the offensive line by signing Josh Klein, you wanted all these things to look like they're working, and you also wanted everybody to be healthy at this point, and so far he's gotten his wish on both of those things. All right, no, enough of this football foreplay here. Enough of football. this. Let's get, let's get to the good stuff. Tell us about fullbacks. Tell, tell, oh, us, tell us about oh. C.J. Ham and fullback usage as we look ahead. And neck rolls. And oh, neck rolls, okay, too. Well, tell me about neck rolls. So I have one thing to criticize about C.J. Ham. He had never heard of Sam Gash, which, um, done you know, maybe, I'm cut him. I'm not, I'm not saying cut for sure, but uh, no, but he, he did know Lorenzo Neal, and Greg Jones was a guy who played for a Jacksonville that he said he studied. So, I mean, he does get some credit for the old school fullback. 
Uh, this offense and the Gary Kubiak style offense has always been very friendly to fullbacks. And the way that I like to think about it, Kevin Stefanski a couple of years ago said this to me when I asked him about why they like CJ Ham so much. Kevin said, you know, if you have a big man in, in basketball who can be back to the basket, nobody has those anymore. So you get kind of a unique advantage just because you have this throwback thing. And I think that's what the Vikings are trying to do with the fullback. You think about the linebacker position and how linebackers have gotten smaller and smaller. There's no LeVon Kirkland in the league anymore that goes at 275 for a middle linebacker. So if you have a fullback, you can get these matchups against smaller linebackers or against nickel cornerbacks in the running game that gives you an advantage, or if you can get those nickel cornerbacks off the field, usually teams third linebackers, like think about the Vikings, Ben Gibbons, their third linebacker, they can't even really play him in all situations because he's a pure run stuffer. So if you have pure run stuffers as a lot of other teams' number three linebackers, if you can get those guys on the field with multiple tight ends or the fullback and then run play action, you have guys that are going to be in coverage who just never have to do that, and they don't want to do that. And that gives you a unique advantage, too. So I I think that that's what they're using Ham for. They really like his smarts and the fact that he used to be a running back and you can give him the ball. But no, he said he will not wear the neck roll. So, you know, that is a a demerit. Come on! Football! Football. All right. Let's delve deeper then. Why will he not wear the neck roll, and how can we get him to reconsider this? Because I really think that among football football things, Matthew Collar, the neck roll needs to come back. All right, so I, I did ask a former player about neck rolls just today, yes. and I was told that it looks like in 2019 you're just trying too hard to seem too, super tough. <laughs> You know, that like, oh, I'm, okay. I, I, I need to go out there and be still football. It's like, okay, leave that to the high schoolers, right, who are trying to kind of beef themselves up. If you're really the real deal, you don't need to go too far to show everyone that you're tough. Now, I strongly disagree with that logic. Thank I think you. it looks awesome. And I think when you, I mean, if you're a fullback, you got a neck roll, and you plow through that hole mm. and smack a linebacker. I mean, is there anything more football than that? Yeah, Wait, wasn't there? Weren't there linebackers that wore the neck board? That's what I was just gonna say. Yeah, like Brian yes. Cox. So right? the, the one, the one thing that's more football, football than the fullback plowing through the hole with the neck roll on is when he runs into linebacker board guy. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. I can't wait. Big for shoulder pads, tearaway okay. jerseys. I just pulled up a photo. So Brian Cox is. I was right. Brian Cox is the one that I remembered. Like he's he. It's a board that goes yes. up over the top of his head, yeah. basically. So you're basically wearing a board so you don't break your neck while diving into the pile. Correct. Right? Like that's as football as it gets. That's amazing. You know, as much as I loved, uh, I love the '90s football. I don't think it was very safe, guys. I'm going to throw that out there. I just started to think maybe the, the '90s. It was a little bit dangerous if you play in the NFL. Caller, are you like me when I play Madden? I go into the ro- or the player editor and I make all my fullbacks and linebackers have the neck rolls <laughs> and the neck boards. Oh yeah, football. Oh, yeah. You have to. Yeah, you can't not. How football are you? I go into Madden and change all the linebackers to have neck rolls. That's good. More football. <laughs> the the neck roll or the backboard. The neck board. I think the um, neck board I'm gonna might go be. Ne- I'm going to go. I'm, I'm going to go neck roll because that goes way back. I mean, those guys were wearing those a long time ago. I love the neck brace backboard thing, though. It's fantastic. Man. And, but and if you're, let's say, yeah? if you really want to be a throwback, you grow a mustache, yep. and you know, you lose a tooth or two. You get the neck roll going on. 
I mean, you look like you just started working out in like June for uh, your NFL season. Like that's that's when you go the the major throwback. I miss those days, collar. I'm tearing up right now. (laughs) Cars on on the sideline, parked on the sideline. Uh, I forgot. No, pretty much no. No, what 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 can people find from you right now on scorenorth.com? Do you have any Vikings questions? Uh, everything we just said, honestly. Um, so there's the analysis of Saturday night's practice, which I do think is important, and it did seem like the receivers made a very positive uh, impression on Mike Zimmer. There is the fullback article about how they're going to use the fullback. And the other thing, um, tomorrow on the show, I'm going to talk with Andrew Kramer about his piece, and I wrote a little bit about it too, of just Irv Smith coming along. And Judd and I had a little bit of a discussion on the show today about it too. Uh, I think that they're going to be smartly cautious with Irv Smith to not overfill his plate. Um, you know, just use him as a role player who could come in and make plays with the football in his hands as a rookie. And then as he goes on, uh, you'll probably have Kyle Rudolph here year two, and then beyond that, then you've got a real chance for Irv Smith to grow into your number one tight end. But I think it was a very smart move looking at how um, much they put on a young tight end and how much progress even Tyler Conklin has made from last year to this year. I think it was very smart to bring back Kyle Rudolph. Friday night, preseason game one, the Saints-Vikings. When Teddy takes the field, are you going to tear up? <laughs> You know, it's it's really funny, Judd, because I only actually saw in person Teddy Bridgewater throw like two passes, and one of them went through Jarek McKinnon's hands. It was an interception, and uh, it's it's sort of funny how people will say things like that to me all the time on Twitter of like, "Oh, you love Teddy and whatever else." But it is fascinating what they did in New Orleans. They paid Teddy. Uh, more than any other backup in the NFL to come to New Orleans and not go to Miami. And then the the highlights from training camp so far have made Teddy Bridgewater look like he's got increased arm strength, which he talked about working on his upper body much more during that time where his knee was injured. And every sign points to him ultimately being the quarterback of the Saints. So how fascinating would that be? A team that the, that has a rivalry with the Vikings, the Vikings fans hate, and yet they're going to keep seeing, it seems, Teddy Bridgewater in that Saints jersey. Yeah. That is Matthew Collar. He is the host of Purple Daily. He's out covering Vikings training camp on a daily basis. You can find his stuff on scorenorth.com and also follow him on Twitter at Matthew Collar, C-O-L-L-E-R. We will catch you tomorrow, sir, on Purple Daily. Thank you, fellas. Foot Football. Yeah, yes. Um, no, seriously, like, all joking aside, that fullback piece is really interesting. The Vikings are going to go a little more old school than you would think in the 2019 form of NFL football. But I just like, I mean, you you hear fullback and you think, oh, that's an extinct position. That's a thing that used to exist when we watched football in the 90s. But I just like the idea of, like, get rid of the label of players. If you've got players that can line up in the backfield and catch passes and create matchup issues, you should be looking to get those players out into space and get them the ball. And if they think a guy like C.J. Ham or a system um, that includes C.J. Ham, if they think that can throw off opposing defenses, I'm all for it. How does Ham not know who Sam Gash was? That's yeah, an inexcusable like fullback oversight. Sam Gash played for like 15 years. So yeah. Didn't he win a did he win a Super Bowl in the Patriots? Did he, he was, might that, have, was he yeah. around the first? Was he like he the Bill Parcells the Patriots or the? I you know what? Who cares? He's Sam Gash, <laughs> one of the greatest names in football, and he was a football. really good fullback. Yes, he won a Super Bowl. There it is. See, Super Bowl winning fullback. Come on, CJ.
cram session is coming up here shortly on Mackie and Judd with Rami. Let's talk about insurance here. Actually, T- Teddy Bridgewater is insurance for Drew Brees. He's, he is the federated insurance for uh, for Drew Brees and for Sean Payton. Well, I, I want to talk about actual insurance here for a second for you business owners out there. Federated Mutual Insurance Company. If you're a business owner, I recommend getting to know Federated, top name in the industry. And also, Federated is a proud partner of many different sports teams here in the Twin Cities. Timberwolves, Gophers, and uh, obviously Score North and the Mackie and Jeb with Rami show. You want a company like Federated standing behind you and your business. You put so much time and effort into the never-ending sea of problems and also the successes as you ride the roller coaster up as well. Federated is here with experience helping protect businesses and making them as successful as they can be in many different areas. Go to federatedinsurance.com to find a full list of industries that Federated protects and to find your Federated marketing representative. Federated Insurance, it's our business to protect yours.